welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello and welcome to episode 502 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you, Sean? I am good. I can't believe it's 502. It's, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. I need to do the maths, but like, if we get to episode 520, like 520 divided by 10. Is, That's 10 years, isn't it? Will that be 10 years? Maths are like months on... Yeah, because there's 50 weeks month. in a year. Yeah. 52 <laughs> weeks in a year. <laughs> Yeah. Why can't why can't time be decibel? What's all with, what's with all this fifty-two <laughs> and twenty-four and sixty seconds and an hour and all that rubbish? There's all the twelve inches and sixty seconds in a minute and all that. Well, yeah. there are hundred seconds in a minute. Yeah. yeah. When I'm prime minister, I'm going to make time decimal just to yeah really mess with people's heads. <laughs> so there'll only be <coughs> twenty hours in a day, Jimmy. Yeah, I'd have to work it out. 10 months would be cool, I guess. And then, uh, oh gosh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe 10 hours. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me think about it. I haven't really thought the policy through. It, it, I think that it probably all originates <laughs> with, the, with the cycles of the moon or something like that, doesn't it? Yes, I'm sure it does. It's but, mad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're not talking about that. We're talking about forgiveness today, which I might need, I might require some forgiveness if I did actually do something as mad as make time decimal uh, people might need to <laughs> find it in their deepest deepest in their hearts to, to forgive me for my crazy decision but uh yeah we're talking about forgiveness on a planetary scale and a smaller scale today aren't we yeah yeah and, uh, and that's very real um and we're, we're talking about remembrance day which is the 11th yeah. and that's eight years ago i believe on the 11th that mike my father-in-law dies on the so that it's always a remembrance thing for me. That um, wow. yeah, important day. Um, all right, we'll come on to that in a minute, and uh, we'll go go through it all and uh, tell mm-hmm. our little story. But uh, yeah, just as a heads up, livingthepresent.co.uk for all the show notes and links. Sean has already written a blog post for this, and he sent it to me, so I'll put that on the website where you'll be able to have a little read of that as well, if that's more your thing. Um, yeah, and do sign up for the mailing list as well, and you'll get weekly alerts or alerts to the show whenever they go live. They're not quite weekly at the moment, but we're not too far off, actually, the moment. Yeah, yeah. The, the world's been so crazy now, hasn't it, over the last sort of two years, really? We've yes. Hopefully people, hopefully people can forgive us for our somewhat erratic um, time. Yeah. yeah, getting put yeah. down, but there yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, what have you been up to, Sean, before we dive in too, too deep? You've been there, uh, anything exciting? Um, uh, nothing particularly exciting. I mean, life's always exciting, but um, uh, just just the craziness of of getting everything sorted and then we're preparing for Christmas, aren't we, and all that kind of stuff. And I've got Ree's birthday coming up and you know, all that. Very good. Yeah, yeah, well, it's getting towards busy time of year in it and uh i've got we i've got a bit of a mad november actually i've got back-to-back events around the country with me job um starting from this weekend so i'm off to bristol and then birmingham and york for consecutive saturdays which will be fun 
who were just getting so famous, travelled the country. Talking about, yeah, sustainable transport and all that. And uh, yeah, lots mm. of good uh, council stuff going on as well. Being, uh, mm. Yeah, we'll come on to that later on maybe. But um, should we dive in? Because, yeah, well, what's, yeah, what's the, uh, uh, what what triggered this one for you, Sean? Well, it is. We've got Armistice Day, Remembrance Day coming up on the 11th, haven't we? Um, we're recording this on the 8th, so three days' time, uh, Armistice Day. And um, uh, that has uh, two things for me. It has there's a lot of people that I work with who have had relatives, particularly sons, who have have, have died in in battle, and uh, and that's quite profound for them. But the bit that concerns me, and the bit that I just wanted to kind of shout out, was the the issue of forgiveness, because um, the the point that we're at is that it's so easy for this remembrance thing to become a hate fest rather than a forgiveness fest. Yeah, and and we're right in the middle at the moment. We've got the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. We've got the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And there's lots of potential at the moment for people to band together into groups of, like, positive and negative. Absolutely. And that that just just feeds all the problems in life, you know. Mm. and the the thing that we've always said in our work about if we all look after each other, we're all all right, is the reverse of what's kind of going on here, you know. I know, it does feel like that. I know, I mean, there's some... I, I haven't really weighed in on the uh, Israel-Palestine-Hamas situation on social media mm-hmm. um, because I don't feel educated enough on it to kind of really, yeah, add, add any anything useful and... I just feel like if I said anything, including right now, actually, if I said anything, it would be the wrong thing, and I'd get in trouble, or yeah, just yeah, upset people. So, uh, I, I think I think that the issue is that um, uh, we have two groups of people in that case that are fighting each other, and uh, they can both have good justification for why they do what they do, um, but the in the end. Uh, it has to come to a close, you know, and, and in the end we have to learn to live with each other, which is what happens in, in all conflicts if you look at history. You know, we used to fight the French every five minutes and now uh, we, we kind of get on okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's that kind of stuff, isn't it? Um, all the, the, the Scottish-English wars, you know, were, were real oh, yeah. issues, weren't they, you know? Um, and, and, like, learning for us as, as a race of beings to be together and to live together and to, to put the, uh, the idea of resolving issues rather than creating problems um, is something we haven't learned yet. I yeah. guess we're, we're better at it maybe than we were, but I don't know. Mm. Yeah, mm. so um, this Remembrance Sunday will be uh, quite an interesting one for me because I've, I've uh, as part of my council duties, um, certain councillors are asked if they want to um, lay a wreath at a local church. So I, I said, yeah, um, because I know the church along the road quite well and the, the vicar there. So I'm happy to mm-hmm. get involved and let mm-hmm. lay a wreath. It, it kind of like, gets a bit complicated because Green Party, I'm a member of the Green Party. So we have, uh, um, you know, non-traditional views on war and, and, and that kind of thing in terms of what the future of planet earth looks like and how we should be kind of moving away from from ever 
venturing into war, that kind of thing. So I'm mm -hmm. I'm not massively up to speed on the policy, on the national policy, being a local mm -hmm. councillor. But uh, I'm more than happy to to go along on Sunday and remember, you know, people that passed away, so that me and you could sit here and chat so amicably about yeah all sorts of things over the internet. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's going to be quite an honour, really, to to lay the wreath. Um, uh at my local church um but yeah I'm, I'm i'm not sure how how it's going to be in terms of how i feel as i'm doing it that kind of thing because it's uh yeah remember sunday is a big one in the uk isn't it and i know we've, i've just seen in the news before we came on air that there's obviously a bit of trouble in london and around the country that there's going to be protests um around what's going on at the moment and what the uk government is kind of supporting uh, on on the day itself on remembrance sunday which could be quite yeah a recipe for uh, a recipe for disaster couldn't it or for mm. yeah and I, I guess that there's nothing wrong with people needing to state a point of view um it's it's how they state it yeah. there's the issue isn't it i guess yeah. yeah we'll see but i mean in amongst i've got a few articles that i'll link in the show notes and um around famous or important examples of forgiveness uh, and even in in acts of war, you know, you do see these little stories come out of people on opposing sides, inverted commas, you know, either coming together briefly to shake hands and I don't know, play a match, play a game of football during uh, during a conflict or after the conflict has ended, you know, being brave enough to go and shake the person. But, but that that was really bizarre. That thing in the First World War, where the the two opposing sides um, stopped came out and had a football match together and, and had a good time on Christmas Day and then Boxing Day go back to fighting each other again. Yeah. You know, that, that, that kind of describes the madness of conflict, really. Doesn't you know? it? Mm. I, I mean, yeah, we do just settle things by football in general, don't we? I don't we things get so <laughs> so heated in, <laughs> in a game of football, but I guess it's a bit it's a it's a more civilized way of settling the, the debate on who's better than yeah, trying to bomb the heck out of each other, I guess. Um, but yeah, some amazing acts of forgiveness. And I guess bringing it back down to earth or to a smaller scale, we all have ex we all have opportunities in our everyday lives, don't we, where we can uh, forgive and let something go. So, do you want to talk a bit about why? Because in in the book, in the Living the Present book, forgiveness is right up there at the start in terms of a yeah. really important stage you need to go through. Um, to kind of get yourself together. So why do you it put is, it so high? Well, it, if you hold on to anything um, about the past, um, and especially anything negative about the past, you're holding yourself back. It's like having a piece of elastic that's connected to the past, like calm and elastic, and every time you try to move forward, the elastic pulls you backwards again. Um, and until you learn to either cut the elastic or let go, you will keep being dominated by it. Um, so I could give you hundreds of examples of working with people who are at kind of the end of life, um, you know, at that end of things, and are going on about little John, you nick my lolly in the playground when I was, you know, that kind of thing when I was a kid. Um, and people still holding on to angers and hatreds and hurts. Um, and it's like, why? Why do we do that? And what, what, how did we learn to do that? I, I get the idea that we needed to learn 
about negativity to stay safe. That's an evolutionary imperative. Forget that. Um, but it's like holding on to and holding on to and holding on to all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, just keeps us stuck in negative space. You know, we can never find our positive and get into the positive if we keep holding back like that. Yeah, do you think some people sometimes kind of almost want to want to hold on to the things that people have done them wrong? They, they kind of use it as a bit of a security blanket almost from, from having to move on. I think, no, I think that one of the biggest problems that I have to deal with is that people confuse forgiveness with condoning in the sense that uh, many people feel that if they forgive somebody for something that they've done, it's like saying that what they did was all right. Yeah, and it's like, it, I mean, very often, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it, there's a biblical phrase, isn't there? Forgive them for they know not what they do. And very often, uh, the reason people hurt each other is because either they were hurt themselves and they're, and they're kind of passing it on, you know, because they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's just straight kind of ignorance and stupidity. You know, people uh, are so asleep that they can't see what they're doing might hurt other people. Yeah. And and then when it's find out, then they're like, oh, oh, I didn't realise that. You know. Um, and and I think that, that that's the thing, is that the difference between being mad and bad, you know, there aren't that many people who are um, bad people. You know, most people who get things wrong, are it's, it's the madness scale, not the... Um, uh, the badness guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Where does that come from then? Because it's when you when you put it like that in terms of separating out um, forgiveness in the sense of like letting something go rather than kind of holding on to it. Why? Why do you think? Because there does seem to be a bit of a cultural bias towards not forgiving people for what they've done because we want them to suffer, even though obviously that's making us suffer even more. So like, what is it? Are there any cultures where that people are better at forgiving people and moving on and not condoning what's happened? Or is it just something that all humans struggle with? (laughs) I I think it's a human, a human problem. I mean, the thing about the prison service, uh, I worked in the, the prison service and, um, what what is the point of prison? Is is it's like we, we lock people away in a box? Um, you know, should prison be something where we help people to overcome their problems, um, or do we have to punish them? You know, and does that mean that it's better to you know should we kill them, um, or should we lock them up? And yep. it, if if we treated animals the way that we treated we treat some criminals, we would be prosecuted for that. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and then people are going to say, yeah, but they deserve it, don't they? And and if somebody has done something bad to you, then you you may feel like something bad needs to happen to them in return. Yeah, yeah. I'm just watch. I've just started watching a BBC drama called Time, which is about. I think it's like a three part thing about a drama about. Yeah, it's actually in a female prison setup. Although it's the second series, the first one was in male prison. Um, but still, yeah, that's interesting, really. And that's something like putting aside my weird ideas about death, making time decimal. <laughs> uh, if I could, if I could rise to the kind of the political heights and start to really impact, yeah, the kind of 
system of uh, the judicial system and how we treat people that have messed up. Obviously, there are there's a small number of it's a small percentage of society where like they can't be reformed almost and they need specialist care and attention and not really they can never really take part in civil society as we know it but i think that's quite a small very very small percentage of people and i would probably imagine that yeah a lot of people in the uk prisons could be dealt with in a much more humane way with a with a view to them kind of rejoining society um and i i think that the key to all of this um and it was as much when we were running the courses as anything else is to do with insight to people who have insight now someone who has insight and is nasty is deliberately hurting somebody and they know how to hurt them because they've got the insight to do it yeah they know how to make that person suffer if you got somebody who has no insight they may do things that are appallingly bad but they don't they don't understand what the fuss is what, what are you going on about because they don't get it yeah, yeah. and that's, that's the madness bit yeah. whereas the other bit is the badness yeah um, and I, I mean the ideal person to be a torturer is someone who gets a kick and enjoys other people's pain you know and then they get very skilled at being a torturer um I know yeah, that's badness. That's yeah, bad. I know. In like, it's not really something that comes up as a local councillor, but from, like, certainly from like national politicians, that you know, it, it's a good vote winner to be seen to be tough on crime. You know, we're going to get people, we're going to get lock these people up, we're going to lock them away, and they're obviously is just then they're, they're they're just feeding a desire within society for people to want to feel safe or for people to want to see retribution for for criminal behaviour and that kind of thing, but. Um, I think even in the King's speech yesterday, there was something about kind of trying to reduce like the the pressure on the prison service and trying to get people out of prison quicker, which I did, uh, you know, I initially saw, and I, and I understand the kind of shock to that. It's like, well, you're going to release all these prisoners back onto the, the streets. Um, and obviously if, if these folks that are coming out aren't ready for that, then it could be, yeah, like, like, re, like they could reoffend, couldn't they? Or they could. Um, but I think there are countries like Finland and obviously, well, for not in my head, forward thinking places where prison is seen as a place for people to kind of get the care that they need, kind of to learn some new skills, that kind of thing. Feel mm. like they they can once they're released, they want to take part and they're going to be welcomed by society rather than kind of a lot. I think there's a lot of maybe more so in American prisons, but like in the UK as well, where people want to go back to prison because they feel safest there <laughs> and they kind of get so used to that lifestyle um uh you know what i mean so I yeah. yeah i wonder how long it will take if we can ever have that kind of awakening where where um in the uk we can get see prison as a place to really reform people and and you know from as 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 you and i as uh law-abiding citizens to kind of welcome people back out of prison and shake them by the hand and say, right, let's go and get yourself a job or whatever it is. Or, yeah. Um, if, if you look at the um, idea of uh, the charity that I have a kind of vague involvement with, uh, the Weapons Down Gloves Up charity in, uh, in Liverpool, mm. I mean, they're seeking to get people who are potentially in situations where they could become bad people 
to kind of integrate into, into society. So let's put the weapons down, gloves up. They got them doing like gym and boxing and stuff like that. But their aim is to try and get those people jobs. So they're actually, you know, being some kind of active uh, participant in society and being useful. Uh-huh. That's the plan. You know, that's the kind of stuff they're doing. Okay. Um, Brilliant. And, and it is it is really, really difficult. Because, I mean, one of the things is... Um, it's easy if you're um, detached from something to talk about how we should forgive these people and look after them. If they just killed or raped or you know murdered your granny, you know you might feel very different. <laughs> yeah. And like forgiveness is is a much more difficult issue. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, that that's one of the problems. It's dead easy to say this stuff, but to actually to enact it and to live it. And, yeah. and you do you do say, I mean, when Nelson Mandela came out of um, Robin Island, where he'd been imprisoned for years by the uh, the apartheid system in South Africa. Yeah. When he came out and took power, he could have created a bloodbath. He, he was in a position where he could have turned all the black people and they could have killed all the white people, but they didn't. He actually came out with a message of forgiveness and tolerance and that's okay, let's get on with this. Yeah. And created something that was actually very different, him and Desmond Tutu working together. You know, it was, it was a, a good thing to observe because, mm. um, like I say, it could have gone the other way and been really, really nasty. You know? Yeah. I think, yeah, one of the articles that I've I've shared is around one of the Pope uh, in the eighties was kind of met the person that tried to assassinate him. Like um, he'd, been, he'd been shot, and then he recovered. oh right, so yeah, I can remember someone shooting at him. Yeah, I can remember. Yeah, and that. then he went to went to shake the guy's hand and forgave him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, mm. these are quite grand examples, aren't they? But um, high profile, mm. but there's little lessons we can learn from from it along the way. I yeah. Hope. And and the thing is that um, if someone is genuinely repentant, you know, they are sorry for what they've done, I think that's fair enough. It, it's no good forgiving people that are just thinking, ha, 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 I'll get you again. I mean, there's that upside. And we've got a big thing going on in the British courts at the moment where people can refuse to attend their sentencing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're trying to create a situation where people will be forced they, they're saying what reasonable folks whatever that means yeah. uh, that they will have to come to court to actually face being sentenced you know um, yes. and that that's an interesting bit of kind of retribution isn't it so what, what are we actually doing mm. in in that um and, and what they want is they want the people that are the victims or the relatives of the victims to be able to see the person being punished or you know being told they're being punished or they want to be able yeah. to win. Mm. I'm sure we've all seen like news articles around, yeah, the kind of the person in the dock smirking as they kind of getting sentenced to life in prison and having those mm. atrocious but uh mm. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that uh, what we call life imprisonment in this country isn't life imprisonment. You do get a total life sentence, but life imprisonment has a limit. Yeah, in the way that we do it. Mm. Yeah, which again can be hard to understand. I've done a lot of work around people that uh, killer drivers, you know, around road deaths, and there's a lot of really 
uh, almost weekly kind of horror stories about people that have killed others while driving and um, the sentencing quite often just seems like like horrendously short and often just two or three years and then and even then the the driving you know you'll get a three-year driving ban but it's kind of served while you're in prison so as soon as as soon as they get out they're allowed they're able to drive a car again uh it's like what the heck's going on there but then yeah um yeah the, the idea of um should it's like in sharia law very often the uh the issue is that whatever the person did happens to them so if if the person deliberately ran someone over, they might deliberately run them over. Do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's like that. That was it. Was like an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Wow. It was the same thing, you know. So you 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 killed a person in a certain way. Well, you you will get the same thing, you know. Blimey. But but the difference is, and and this is a weird thing. I think I've said this on here before. It's like we we live on the Wirral across the river from Liverpool, and there's one part of where we live called Birkenhead North, which can be a little bit uh, feisty uh, in the evenings. Now I would walk across Doha in Qatar, which is subject to Sharia law at midnight, and not think about it, feel completely safe. I don't think I'd walk across Birkenhead North on my own at midnight. Yeah, I know what you mean. I just saw a video about it, actually. Someone someone went in and, uh, yeah, just filmed, had a look around. It actually didn't look too bad, to be honest. And, you know, I do, when I'm buzzing around Wirral on my bike, um, attending meetings all over the show, and, yeah, it's, it's quite. It's very rare that I'll kind of feel a lack of, like, unsafe in places, you know. Mm. Really know. But, um yeah, I don't know. It's tricky, and I guess if something did happen, would I have the guts or the courage to forgive forgive the person for hurting me or nicking me bike or whatever the heck happened to me? So you don't know. Yeah, that, that's, position, that, that's it, isn't it? It's like I was talking about these things are kind of easy to say, yeah. but when you've actually got to do it yourself, it's a different game, isn't it? It's a different issue going on. Yeah, and I guess maybe that point is there that at some point we will all. Well, we do all get the chance to, we're all put in these positions, aren't we? Whether it's, as I know, our partner leaves us for someone or someone does something to us that's not particularly nice um, at various scales. And I guess at, at that point, we'll, we find out about what we're made of and, and whether these lessons can ha- can ring true. So I guess maybe that's the little bit of advice as people listen, kind of practical advice is to just, just like wait because <laughs> at some point in our lives, we'll get the chance to test this stuff out, won't we? Yeah. And all of us have been hurt by other people. Um, and all of us have probably hurt other people, you know, intentionally or not. Yeah. Um, and and the issue is, you know, did we want forgiveness? You know. And um, it's all yeah. right. It's all right to say sorry and, and request forgiveness as well. I take it as well. That's part of the uh, living the present manual. It's to kind of, Either sometimes to actually take the step to reach out to someone and, and ask for forgiveness is that is that fair? Yeah, and and if you go back to the Christian model, uh, which I think has has probably been abused over time, but it's like that idea of going to confession was about seeking forgiveness for things that you realised you'd done wrong, 
and you were you were going to a higher power to confess it and to go through that process of seeking absolution from the priest who would you know set you a task um which traditionally is like going to say 15 hail mares or something but i mean in reality was more complex than that yeah i'm sure Um, uh and um and I, I think that, that that, as a process of acknowledging the fact that I've done something wrong, I think people do that in therapy, in psychotherapy. They come along, and very often they're kind of seeking absolution of some sort. You know. Right. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I just yeah. watched the, um, I can't remember the name of the show, but it's another drama with Steve Coogan playing Jimmy Savile. To, um four-part drama on bbc oh right yeah 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 uh so yeah i mean just how you can forgive some of those acts is uh that's even next more next level stuff but it does it does kind of go into because savile was well he a man of faith and he did well at least the, the the drama portrays him as someone that's attends church every now and again and even did kind of um look for forgiveness from a priest at one point at least so uh but yeah gee whiz i mean he was never brave enough to kind of own up to anything while he was alive and uh who knows what mm. he's, if he was met at the pearly gates uh if he got that far who knows how he how he got on but yeah i mean forgiving yeah. that kind of behavior is uh next level in it yeah and and I, I think a lot of crime punishment and absolution all those kinds of things, when people view it, is based around their ideas of life and death and what happens afterwards. And do you go to heaven? Do you go to hell? Is there anything afterwards? Do people get their karma? You know, people have different ideas about what's going on. I mean, that, that they used to say where I came from down London, that everybody gets theirs in the end. Yeah, which is the karmic idea, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so who knows? But yeah. Oof. Mm. Every yeah. Um All right. I think you've got to you've got to go soon. You've got a meeting, so we'll have to wrap. Yeah, it up. I do. I do have. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, you got a resource in the in the show. Yeah, notes, the, the resource that, that I put on in the show notes is a, a book for children, which for quite young children. This doesn't mean to say that adults shouldn't read it, but it's about learning to forgive. Uh, okay yeah so and it's it's like a children's story yeah um, i'll have a look at that actually um yeah. and i'll link to a washington post article stories about forgiveness for more for grown-ups i guess these ones but there's a few yeah. more in the show notes that I'll, I'll whack in there that you can read and hopefully they will inspire us all to yeah think a little bit yeah the, 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 the little book about uh for kids I, I was thinking that if we could get our children to get our head get their heads around that when they're little yeah. Then maybe when they when they do become adults, it becomes easier. Yeah. 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 yeah that'd be good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, all right. Cool. Thanks for your time, Sean. You take care. I will see you next week. And you. Yep. Catch you later. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Ron. Bye.